Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> What is good? It is that time of year again. NFL Week 1. This is the Action Network Podcast presented by BetMGM. I am Chris Raybon and I am here to break down our player projections for Week 1 here on the Player Projections Pod. And I'm doing it with one of the best projectors on the planet. Always finishing in the top five in all of the accuracy contests. That would be none other than the odds maker, Sean Kerner, already chuckling over there. What's going on, Sean? Happy, happy, happy week one. Happy week one. And we're already getting hit with a few uh, significant injuries that I'm already frantically trying to update all the projections I thought were done for the week. Um, so, yeah, how's it going, man? Oh, man, it's uh, it's going well. I'm, I'm loving this time of year. Like, yeah. It finally feels like we're back. We're here. Uh, we just had an article drop with all our projected spreads and totals. Now we get to yeah. talk some player projections uh, in this pod. And uh, for people that are new listeners, we will go through our top five at each position. We'll go through players we're high and lower than cons- higher and lower than consensus at at each position, uh, and, and get into some of our projections for those guys. And we'll for each position we'll set a player prop. Uh, so Sean will set two props, and I'll set two props, and. Uh, We'll keep score. Uh, I believe I, I edged you out at the end of the year last year, so uh, yeah, you need some payback this year. So yeah, uh, we'll be I tracking those. Out. I think you beat me by like three or four. Yeah, I mean that's I still I, I count that as an edge. Yeah, a lot, a lot of variance. <laughs> but uh, your, your pice, your pice was only minus a half <laughs> half a prop. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that's how we're gonna do it on this pod. So uh, hopefully. Uh, whether you're playing fantasy, DFS, or, or interested in player props, uh, you can find some value here. And uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. Quarterback, week one, 2023, top five. Who you got? So right now I have Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Justin Fields. But if Travis Kelsey is officially ruled out, I'll probably have Lamar as my number one. It's that close. So 
Um, but as of now, I have Mahomes as my number one. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, that Detroit game should be a high-scoring game now with the Kelsey injury. That does change some things, but uh, Chiefs games in week one have gone over 60 points in, I believe it's six of the last seven years. They've scored 30-plus, uh, I believe, all of those in all of those games. So uh, this could be a high-scoring game even without Kelsey. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to be too worried about Mahomes, but yeah, he might drop a spot or two. I can't see him dropping more than QB4 maybe. I think yeah. that's probably the floor. Uh, but uh, I have Mahomes, Hurts, Jackson, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert. So uh, I got Herbert just ahead of of Fields in, in what I expect to be a really high-scoring game. And, you know, I've been talking – I'm all in on Herbert just <laughs> balling out this year. And, yep. and I like, uh, like the opportunity to start highest – well, highest total of the – Sunday slate, I believe. Uh, as, well, it might be the highest total of the week now. The The total for the Chiefs game dropped uh, oh, to yeah, 52 and a half. So they're pretty close. I think the Chiefs game yeah. is still like slightly up, but it's a lot closer now than it was, uh, you know, this morning. Yeah, absolutely. So um, loving, loving me some Herbert in that uh, number five spot. Uh, Fields is my QB six, so not, not too far apart there. Who is a quarterback that you're higher than consensus on? Uh, so right now I'm I'm pretty high on Anthony Richardson compared to the the ECR I have he's my QB 11 ECR has him QB 16, but this is you know Jalen Hurts Justin Fields all over again where ECR is probably too low on Richardson out of the gate you know he, he's certainly a rookie quarterback that will, that will struggle as a passer mm-hmm. um, there's no denying that but you know he's just arguably the most athletic QB we've ever seen I mean the dude is six four two forty four and ran a four point four three thirty uh forty yard dash so it's like you know he's gonna be able to hit the ground running literally um so you know i'm i'm projecting him closer to you know 50 rushing yards um you know his final preseason start was the first time we got to see him kind of scramble and he was ripping off five 15 yard chunk runs with ease so um you know i'm banking on his rushing ability to be you know low end qb1 this year um so Right out of the gate, the Jaguars is, you know, probably a neutral matchup for him. So nothing to shy away from. So I think heading into week one, we need to be treating him as a low-end QB1. Yeah, and I have him uh, right around the same, like QB11. Um, he's definitely going to be in that range in my final ranks, uh, you know, borderline QB1, especially in deeper leagues. Uh, how many passing yards and rushing yards? Uh, you said you have about 50 rushing yards, right? How many passing yards? Yeah. Uh, probably in the the one eighty to one ninety range. No, I'm not expecting much there. Uh, but you you've been mentioning it. They they will push the ball downfield. Like he yep. does have a good arm. His accuracy is the main issue. He's not going to be very accurate as a rookie. Uh, but they're going to let him sling it. So you know he could, um, you know top two hundred yards uh, out of the gate. But you know I'm being pretty conservative. I think, you know he's going to struggle as a passer out of the gate. So I have it you know closer to the one eighty one ninety range. 190 yards range how about you yeah as we record this on a tuesday afternoon i have him at 197 passing mm-hmm. 50 rushing uh you know that matchup against the the jaguars the jaguars i think are going to be a pretty high scoring offense mm-hmm. this year and i don't see this coach defense is a prohibitive matchup so there might be 
some garbage time where, you know, I know Richardson's not that accurate, but he might get some, some easy completions. You know, maybe he gets like one or two drives in the fourth quarter where it's like all passes and some scrambles. So he does have upside uh, from those numbers. Like I definitely agree with you that he could clear 200, but as a median, yeah, about one, about just over 195 and, and about 50 yards rushing. For me, it's uh, uh, a guy I'm high on, and I know you're high on him too, Geno Smith. He's my QB 10. He's the QB 13 in Fantasy Pros ECR. And I really like Geno because I'm looking at this Rams defense, and they lost every single player who finished top six in snaps for them last year. Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey, Nick Scott, Taylor Rapp, Leonard Floyd, and Greg Gaines. Now, Ramsey is a, one of the best corners in the league. That hurts the, the pass defense, obviously. Scott and Rapp were both safeties who played really well for, for the Rams uh, last year. And, and then Leonard Floyd was one of their better pass rushers. So uh, that is – and then Troy Hill, you know, that, that's another yep. cornerback they lost. And he had the eighth most snaps. So this Rams defense, I think, is going to struggle this year. But especially – in week one, when there's going to be a lot of young guys, a lot of new pieces, I think there's going to be some miscommunication. And uh, I just don't think this Ram defense is going to resemble anything we've seen now uh, in the past from, from them. And Gino, in two games against the Rams last season, averaged 290 passing yards, two touchdowns, and one and a half interceptions. Now, I think he could still do the 290 and the two scores, but I think the interceptions are less likely with no Ramsey, with all these new guys in the secondary. Uh, and Gino also averaged 27 and a half rushing yards per game in the two games against mm-hmm. the Rams. So over 300 total yards for Gino. I, I think he can do that again. Uh, Smith and Jigbo looks like he might has a chance to play, he came back to practice. So uh, even if he's not, you know, Metcalf, Lockett, uh, got the – Charbonnet should be able to catch some passes. You still got the, the the two tight ends, Fant and and Disley. So enough weapons either way for Gino, but uh, really like the matchup uh, against the Rams. Yeah, he's my uh, QB eight, and um, you know even like a couple of months ago, I said he's going to probably the top option of the the quarterbacks that were drafted in the QB one to um, fringe because of this matchup. He has the best matchup of those guys this week. Um, like you said, it's it's essentially Aaron Donald, a bunch of scrubs for the Rams defense this year. Um, plus, you know, they, they played a ton of zone and that's where Zeno, Gino, like smashed last year. He um, he ranked second in QB rating and fifth in success rate against zone. So it's also a good matchup for him. And yeah, it'd be nice if he has uh, his first round pick and Jackson Smith and Jigba available. But like he said, he has, you know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So he should be fine. So, yeah, he's easily a top 10 quarterback for me this week. What about a quarterback you're lower on than consensus? Um, this one was tougher. You know, I, I'm pretty close to, to ECR on all the other guys, but Dak Prescott, I noticed, um, you know, ECR has him QB 10. I have him QB 14 in my initial projections, but to be fair, this is a this is a range where just a slight tweak can send a quarterback up or down four or five slots. So the, uh, you know, the streamer sit-start range is going to be pretty volatile this week. Uh, but my expected yards per attempt model um, shows just a few red flags for Dak this week, just based on the matchup. You know, he tended to see that one of the bigger drop-offs most quarterbacks saw against, you know, the blitz, man coverage, um, playing on the road and outdoors especially. So all those factors are in play this week because, you know, Giants blitz and play man coverage at the highest rate. So uh, it's just a spot where, you know, 
Dak's going to be probably my top 10 most weeks, but he just gets a slight downgrade this week. So I'd be careful if, with him if there might be, you know, Geno Smith available, consider him. Um, you're probably starting Dak anyway, but just lower expectations this week. This isn't really a great spot for him. Um, so, yeah, he, he opens the week as my QB 14. So you're starting uh, Richardson over Dak this week. Um. It depends on your situation. I think uh, Richardson probably does have the lower floor just because there is a lot of uncertainty there. Um, so if, if I'm a huge favorite, I'm probably still rolling with Dak. But yeah, just given Richardson's rushing upside, I think that does you know make him you know a safer play than Dak in most formats. But um, like I said, that that range there's probably like point three points separating my my QB eleven and my QB like sixteen. So it's it's a volatile range. You know, these are just my initial ranks, same with yours. So they, they could shuffle up by the end of the week. But, uh, yeah, as of now, yeah, I have Richardson slightly higher. Just curious, what is, what is your thoughts on the uh, Giant D this year? I think I think it could be a little bit better than people think. You know, they have – uh, you know, they have that front four that I think is, is really good yeah. with Lawrence and Williams and, and, and Kayvon and they got a, a linebacker and Okereke, so that, that should help. But their corner like uh their corners. You have Deontay Banks and you have Trey Hawkins, two rookies that are probably gonna start outside. Now that could be that could be an issue, yeah. but uh I think over the long term at least uh, those guys are going to surprise them. They've had really good camps. Now, the, th- the the tough thing is in week one, it might be the opposite. So that actually might be mm-hmm. something good for Dak. But just curious as to where you're kind of ranking the Giants D because I know they didn't really get much respect last year. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, not everybody's Sauce Gardner and can just become, you know, the top corner in the league as a rookie. So, yeah, I think initially Banks could struggle. Uh, but in the long run, you know, that's an upgrade there. I actually loved the the trade to bring in Isaiah Simmons. You know, he's mm-hmm. – we can't call him a bust yet, but in this scheme, you know, where they're sending blitzers and stuff, he could thrive. So he could, you know, be an interesting weapon, interesting piece in this defense. But, uh, you know, Thibodeau could have, you know, a great second year. So, yeah, there's a lot of good pieces in this Giants defense. It's probably a plus matchup for Dak on paper, but all the schematic things, you know, how much they blitz, how much they play man. And like I said – Dak was really bad on the road and outdoors. Um, those are kind of the aspects I was you know, fading Dak on. But, yeah, the Giants are probably a plus matchup out of the gate. But like you said, later in the season, especially if, like, Banks does hit his potential, um, you know, it could be a lot better this year. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of upside for the defense, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I would watch out, you know, as the year progresses, at least keep tabs and make sure you're not just kind of blindly starting people against the Giants because yeah. they might be uh, one of those defense that starts to get better uh, quickly. All right. Uh, for me, you know where I'm going. Got to go with Derek Carr. He's the QB 19. So this is more applies to, you know, two QB leagues and things like yeah. that. Super flex, but, uh, he's my QB 24. So he's borderline in a, in a 12 teamer. If you're in a super flex or, or a two QB, he's a borderline start, uh, for me, because we know that all of his worst seasons have come in year one under a new system. And this is, of course, the first game of that. So I, I do think there could be some struggles and some growing pains. And th- this total is just 41. This is expected to be a low-scoring game. And this is a lot different than the situation Carr has been in with the Raiders. The Raiders have not finished higher than 20th in points per game since 2006, which means every year that Derek Carr has been there, 
they've been a bad to very bad to awful somewhere in that range of a defense. And we know that is going to inflate quarterback numbers, like the volume. So last year, for example, Carr only played four games with a total of 44 or below. He averaged just 216 and a half passing yards, just 1.3 touchdowns uh, with 1.3 picks. And in his other 11 games, his passing yards rose to 241 and a half, his touchdowns 1.7, his picks 0.8. So uh, this is not a situation where you expect Carr to really throw for volume, which means he has to be efficient. And I still think this Titan defense went healthy, which it was not last year, uh, is very good. You know, you got Simmons and and company in that front seven. You got Bayard on the back end. Like there's there's talent all over. Vrabel's a, a, a great uh, defensive mind as well. So I don't think things are going to come really easy for Carr. It's going to be a low-scoring game. And the quarterbacks tend to lose a snap or two or three sometimes to Taysom Hill when you're in New Orleans. So maybe they dial that back a little bit, but until we see that, you know, that's what they've been doing. So that that's another kind of strike against Carr. So all things considered the Raiders, even, I mean, excuse me, the saints, even though they're favored, they're, they're projected to score, you know, just about 22, 23 points, not really a a lot of points. Uh, So not really interested in, in a pocket passer first game in a new system, low scoring game. Uh, so cars to be 24 for me. Yeah, no, I, he, he was the, the guy I highlighted as my bust in that range because, you know, he might still end up putting up top 20 numbers just because he's probably more likely to play 17 games and all these other quarterbacks. Cause like you said, he's a pocket passer, uh, but he just has a low ceiling in this offense. I, I guess there is some good news. You know, Taysom Hill has been dealing with an oblique yeah, injury. That is true. Uh, so he might not play or be limited. And that does have an impact on cars projection. It's slight. Uh, but like you said, like he's he's going to be eating, you know, goal line snaps, red zone work, things like that. So that's going to be annoying for for car managers. Uh, but yeah, I have him outside my top twenty as well. All right, uh, we'll start with you. Give me a quarterback prop. Okay, well, I already tipped my hand and hinted what my projection is for this guy. But let's let's do it. Let's go with Anthony, Anthony Richardson total rushing yards against the Jaguars in his debut. Uh, I mean, we, we're. Kind of in alignment here, so I'm going to let you just take the over-under, but uh, I'm setting it at 49 and a half. I'm going to go over. I have it uh, at 50, but, you know, I, I mentioned how I think the Jaguars will be able to score some points, and, you know, if there was ever a time where Richardson was going to scramble more, it would be mm-hmm. earlier in the season. I think as he gets comfortable, he might start, you know, going through his progressions more, standing in the pocket, uh, and and throwing the ball down the field, but early on, I think he's going to take off at the first sign of pressure. I think there's going to be a probably a half dozen designed rush attempts, and he only needs one. I mean, he could get 50 on a one carry, so yeah. we're probably both a little low, honestly, yeah. on Anthony Richardson's <laughs> rushing uh, rushing yardage. I wouldn't be surprised to see the books, you know, post like a 55 or a 60 even, mm. but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go over. Yeah, I, I think Books might be a little bit careful. Um, just in, in previous experiences, I feel like, remember Jalen Hurts, I felt like the, the lines were always too low on him, maybe Justin Fields as well. So is this is this a prop you'll like be looking to attack once books do post it? If it, it if might it, be if under it, if 50. It's that, if it's that 49 and a half, definitely. Yeah. You know, if it's in the mid-50s, you know, I, I see how Tough. my projections kind of evolve as the week progresses. But uh, it is a situation where, you know, I don't usually like targeting overs, but – 
uh, a rookie quarterback where we haven't really seen the the rushing ceiling yet in the NFL. Uh, you know, his like if, let's say it does open at forty nine and a half or close at forty nine and a half, even mm-hmm. that may be the lowest number it closes that all year. So <laughs> yeah, I. I would probably be looking at that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I think that that that's uh, that is an over. I could I could get my I, quarterback injuries are also oh, right. know, per game basis pretty rare. So yeah, no, I think just rookies in general investing early. Uh, I remember yeah. writing up I had Justin Jefferson over uh, 22 and a half yards, and I kind of wrote this might be the last time we ever see a number this low for this guy. So I think if you if you like a talent uh, specifically like you know, rushing stat for Anthony Richardson, I think early in the season, that's when you have to invest um, because it would not shock me if he, you know, rips off seven yards in his debut and then we'll never see a, a prop below 50 again. But um, yeah, this is one I'll be looking to potentially bet. All right, let's go to running back. Who you got top five? Uh, so I got Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, and B. John Robinson. I got Eckler, Chubb, Barkley, McCaffrey, and Derrick Henry. Bijan is my RB6. Yeah. Um, but yeah, McCaffrey's not coming quite as high for me in terms of the in terms of the, the raw projections right now. I still have him kind of, you know, getting those 14, 15 carries, but 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 seeding, you know, giving some to, to Mitchell and uh and Debo. So uh yeah, he's coming out a little bit below uh, some of these other guys who I just think are in Mm-hmm. maybe better matchups, a little more touchdown equity. Obviously McCaffrey's going to get his, but uh, San Francisco is minus two and a half, I believe at Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and the total is pretty low. So this is one of San Francisco's lowest projected team totals uh, that I can, yeah. in recent memory, at least since they acquired McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, George Kittle might miss that. That yeah, might that, be that, that part changes things of it. a little, but I had him projected as like the lowest target per route run besides Jennings. So it's not going to affect him as like McCaffrey at quite as much. If Debo were to miss, I think it would affect. Yeah. Yeah. I think like Debo and Kittle um, probably share the most targets like with McCaffrey. I I just think that if Kittle is out, you know, my, my uh, projection for McCaffrey's reception will go up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's definitely close up top uh, for me. I've, I've Eckler like 0.2, you know, points away, but um, you know, Barkley has a tough matchup. Um, Chubb has a tougher matchup. So yeah, the, like the top guys this week are, aren't, none of them are like in a smash spot, I would say. No, so no. It's, it's very close up top. Yeah. I guess that's why it's probably, it's probably just coming down to like mostly touchdown equity um, and mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah, I might, I might actually flip flop Chubb and Barkley. I just, it's, you know, Chubb, I don't know what's going on behind him with Ford and who they got strong, <laughs> but this, I mean, this could that's be just ugly. a monster workload year yeah. for Chubb. So um want to kind of get ahead of that. Um, early in the year uh okay who is uh, a back you are high on um so i'm gonna target this colts running back situation with jonathan taylor out and i'm going with Dion jackson um you know i think it, for he's for desperate teams if you're looking for a potential rb3 flex option hopefully that's not you if you're listening i think Dion jackson could have a good week one you know this will be a committee with jackson zach moss and evan hole uh, but I think for week one specifically, Jackson should be the best play of the group. You know, Zach Moss is coming back from a broken arm, hasn't taken a hit yet. So he, he could be limited early on. Um, so that's going to lead to more early down work for Jackson. Um, and, you know, rookie Evan Hull is a good pass catching back, but he really struggled with uh, pass protection preseason. He had four 
uh, pass protection blocks and uh, allowed two pressures. So I don't know if the coaching staff will trust him um, in pass protection week one. And Deion Jackson has shown that he's, you know, capable of that. He's had some good stat lines in the past six, eight receptions and a couple of games last year. So I think Deion Jackson could be a sneaky RB3 flex option for people that, I don't know, you drafted like Alvin Kamara, Brees Hall, guys like that, that might be a little bit shaky. Uh, he's a potential uh, play for you if you're in a desperate situation. So I, I'm a bit higher. I have him, um, let me see, I have him like RB38, and I think his ECR is still um, in the 50s. Um, so, yeah, he's he's one of the guys I'm the highest on. How many uh, total yards are you projecting roughly for uh, for Jackson? Uh, not much. Let's see. I have him um, right around 30 rushing yards and, you know, 15 receiving yards. Being the pass catching back in the Colts offense um, isn't really a good thing. But he should see enough work to, you know, he could get two or three receptions. Um, like I said, he should still um, see the most rush attempts as well. I, I really do think Moss is going to be limited. So I think you could see eight to ten carries. Um, and for week one, you know, that that is good enough to kind of sneak you into the RB3 flex discussion. Right, yeah. After, you know, after those top, you know, 30, 32, 33 backs, a couple of committees, um, yeah, it starts getting dicey really quick you're, you're mostly relying on backups so if Jackson's going to lead and, and I think Jacksonville again is is going to be able to score some points here so mm-hmm. even if Moss gets the nominal start Jacksonville much better in run defense than pass defense a year ago and Jacksonville also the favorite so game script should tilt in yeah. Jackson's direction at some point in, in the game so um, yeah I think Jackson will be the uh, the top scorer in that backfield as well uh, I'm going with my guy, Alexander Madison. Uh, I have him RB10. He's the consensus RB20. He averaged 112 scrimmage yards on 23 touches per game in six starts uh, over the past three seasons. And Tampa Bay, you know, they had a reputation as, as a great run defense, but last year, 4.44 yards per carry allowed to running backs, a little bit above the league average. And I've I've talked about this before. One of the reasons I like Madison in season long is because the Vikings have made a commitment to operating out of more heavy personnel this year. They signed Josh Oliver, tight end, blocking tight end to a big contract. They extended their fullback, CJ Ham. So I think there's going to be more two wide sets and less three wide sets this year for the Vikings. And Tampa Bay against designed runs out of two wide receiver sets 27th uh, in EPA per rush on defense, 25th in success rate. So that was Tampa Bay's weakness last year. And that makes sense. You know, a lot of these teams, you know, they have they have a couple of, of good guys up front. But if you can kind of get some heavier personnel in the lineup yourself, you can you can kind of weed block and, and run away from those guys. So I do think Minnesota will be able to have some success. They're six-point favorites at home. We always love home favorite running backs. So I think – Madison has good touchdown equity, even if he doesn't run for efficiency because the, the Bucks defense does hold him in check. So uh, I like the, uh, you know, the potential for the, the workload. I like the the matchup and I like the touchdown equity for Madison. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't as high on Madison as you, but I mean, his ECR at RB20 right now is kind of ridiculous. So I'm, I'm much higher as well. I have not RB12, but you know, a lot of his potential competition that he was expected to see aren't even on the active roster heading into week one. You know, they cut rookie Dwayne McBride, uh, you know, Kenny Nuango's on the IR. So all they have is Ty Chandler and Miles Gaskin, who 
will probably eat into his, you know, Madison's receiving work. But, you know, six and a half point home favorites this week, it's going to be a big Madison game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm treating him as a low end RB1 as well. I'm actually hearing they want to get Madison more involved in the <laughs> receiving game than Cook was. Like yeah. they want to, they want to use a lot of screens. Like I think this offense is going to surprise people. It's not going to look exactly the same as mm. it did last year. Um, and I think it's going to surprise some, some people. But uh, who is a running back you are, or a couple of backs that looks yeah. like you are low on? Yeah, I have a couple of backs. You know, the first one's Damian Pierce, who. I was pretty excited about just based on his preseason usage, but, um, you know, it it was looking like he might be more of a workhorse back than even I expected. But there's been some reporting that that could have been misleading, that we we may actually see, like, Devin Singletary or even uh, Dari Agumbawale. Holy crap. uh, Handle most of the passing down work. So, you know, the fact that the Texans are a nine-point road dog against the Ravens doesn't bode well for Pierce's week one projection. Um, you know, because they're probably going to be trailing most of the game. So I'd just be careful with them. You know, I have him as my RB27. ECR is RB21, but I don't think he's a slam dunk RB2 this week. I think, you know, in better matchups he could be. But this week I'm being very cautious with him and his projection because there could be, you know, more of a committee than we anticipated. Um, And the other guy I'm, I'm pretty low on is Isaiah Pacheco, just out of the gate because, you know, he's a back that we could see a slower start since he missed most of camp most of the preseason uh, recovering from his shoulder surgery. So would not be shocked if the Chiefs limit his workload uh, this week specifically. Um, you know, obviously Jerk McKinnon will handle most of the passing down work, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is active and healthy. And, you know, he's clearly the, the number three back, but I think we might see a little bit more of him the first couple weeks while Pacheco gets up to speed. So he's just a guy that I'd be careful with. He could get off to a slower start. Uh, he's my RB30 uh, to begin the week, and ECR has him RB24. Yeah, and uh, remember, you got Matt Nagy returning to KC, a new offensive coordinator. So just the whole kind of rotation could change a little bit. You know, it's been yeah. the enemy for the last, uh, what, yep. five, six years? Nagy hasn't been there since 2017. So uh, that that's also something to watch. So yeah, I think it, it makes sense to be a little conservative with, I think, Pacheco and McKinnon, because I do think from what it looks like, Edwards Elaire probably will be – a factor in the rotation, at least to start mm-hmm. the year, which wasn't really the case down the stretch to end last year, where he essentially just got benched even when he was. Yeah. For me, it's Rashad Penny. He's the RB 39 in ECR, and I have him outside of the top 50. I just don't uh, see the matchup being particularly uh, great for him. The Patriots allowed the fourth lowest yard per carry average to opposing backs last year, uh, just over 3.8 yards per carry to running backs. And Philadelphia running backs average just under 22 carries per game. But we're hearing Gainwell is going to see an uptick this year. We're hearing Swift is still going to be the the top back. And Penny was essentially just a low risk, you know, cheap one-year flyer. So I'm guessing – you know, my projection anyway has him third in line for snaps in week one. He doesn't really offer much in the passing game. So he's probably going to need, you know, 10 plus carries and, you know, to, to, to start seeing some value. And I, I just don't know if we can project them for more than, you know, six to eight carries until we get more, more certainty, probably nothing in the past game against a, a tough matchup uh, on the road. So, you know, Penny for me 
is uh you know kind of a wait and see if I drafted him uh if I can help it I am not starting him as a flex or, or anything like that I'm just kind of using week one as a wait and see to get a better sense of that rotation which might which might change week to week as it is but uh either way I, I don't think this is a great great spot for him here uh in week one uh, I think it's Swift and then Gainwell uh, you know, as the as the one two punch, and those guys give you more in the pass game, and everyone's playing you know half PPR, full PPR these days. So, uh, I, I think Penny probably needs a touchdown to mm-hmm. to give you any type of value this week, and that's you know that that's tough to kind of project when you're potentially the third back <laughs> through the lineup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be careful with all Eagles backs week one. I've been hearing you know Kenny Gainwell could take over the Miles Sanders role from last year and DeAndre Swift could take over the Kenny Gainwell role from last year. So just hearing a lot of things, this is a situation where once we have a full game of data, you and I can make better conclusions and project them. But right now we're just throwing darts. So um, I I think even Swift and Gainwell specifically, you you can't trust either, especially not Penny. It doesn't seems like Penny's more of just like the the injury upside backup at this point. It doesn't seem like he's going to see that many touches uh, week one. So I'm with you there as well. All right, let's uh, let's go to our running back prop, and I got a fun one for you. I'm gonna go Brees Hall versus <laughs> Dalvin Cook rushing yards. Who we'll give? We'll give Dalvin a half a yard just so there's no ties. Oh man! So um, Dalvin Cook plus half a rushing yard versus Brees Hall. Who has? Yeah, more? I have Brees Hall with one more rushing yard. So this is a good <laughs> one. Perfect. What um, a line! I'll take. I'll take. Dalvin, I don't love this. I'll take Dalvin because okay. I'm rooting for Brees Hall's, uh, you know, under 900 rushing yards. Um, if anything, they brought Dalvin in to like specifically limit Brees Hall early in the season. Um, so I think there, there is a chance Dalvin sees more touches out of the gate. Uh, I know Dalvin was banged up, but they probably don't care about his long term value. So I'll, I'll go with Dalvin here. I, I think they they are going to try to limit Brees Hall at least for the first couple games. Um, I think he's the more talented back, but let's, let's go with, uh, Dalvin here. Yeah, it's tough. I, I'm probably going to project them around the same amount of snaps. Uh, I heard a quote from one of the jet coaches, uh, saying essentially we have them on the same plan. Like, you know, Dalvin was missing mm. time and I think he, uh, just had a kid or something. And then obviously Brees coming off the injury. So they both kind of need to get up to speed. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the snaps fairly even now, Brees, you expect him to be a little more efficient, yeah. Uh, but he's also coming back from injury. So it is, it's a very interesting, and, uh, I think it's I, an I interesting just, projection. Brees will probably see more receiving work too. I think yep. that's why I'd probably give you the slight, uh, ever so slightest edge to Dalvin here. How many carries do you have them each? I have both 10. Yeah, it's about right. And then throughout the week, I will be updating that. So, uh, right now I'm tied at 10 at, like you said, Brees is the more efficient one, but um, I'm I'm thinking he he does get limited the most. Also, not the easiest matchup, Buffalo. That's uh, right, yeah. So yeah, those guys are both kind of right around that low twenties, uh, high thirties for me in terms of overall uh, fantasy rank. The NFL is back, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 
Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gentlemen, more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. L, wide receiver, who you got in your top five, Sean? I got uh, Justin Jefferson, obviously, um, and then Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and then uh, Stephon Diggs, as always in my top five. Seems like Stephon Diggs is always my number five receiver. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, I actually, funny enough, I have the same, well, I have Jefferson Chase, (laughs) Hill, Amon Ross, St. Brown, but I have CeeDee Lamb as my Number five over Diggs, only because that yeah. you know that Sauce Gardner DJ Reed matchup yeah. little little worries me a little bit more than you know, Dory and company and the and the rookies yeah. in uh, in that giant matchup. Uh, who are you high on? Uh, I'm high on Cortland Sutton uh, against the Raiders. You know, after the Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy injuries, he's up to my 
wide receiver 20 right now. Uh, ECR Whoa. is still la- – oh, maybe I am high. <laughs> uh, yeah. ECR is wide receiver 31, which ah, it seems low right now. Um, you know, last year not only did, you know, Sutton see an increase in target share with Judy out, obviously, but his efficiency went up uh, too. You know, his yards per target were 6.5. Uh, with Judy on the field, with Judy off the field, uh, shot up to 9.4 yards per target. Um, so weeks 10 through 12, when Judy was out last year, you know, Sutton was the wide receiver 24, uh, despite not even scoring a touchdown. So if, he's, if he was able to do that with last year's version of Russ Wilson, um, if we see any sort of bounce back with Russ Wilson this year under Sean Payton, you know, Cam Suck, Sutton will be, you know, uh, no brainer top 20 receiver for me. So, um, you know, he, Five catches for 80 yards last year against the Raiders. Easy easy matchup again this year. So I, I view him as like a legit wide receiver two option this week. Um, and, and my other guy is Zay Jones. I, I feel like I was essentially the Zay Jones truther last year, and I'm sticking with him this year. Seems like he's being overlooked because, I mean, I agree. I think his target share will go down with a guy like Calvin Ridley now being injected in this offense. But, um, you know, based on preseason usage, uh, it was Christian Kirk who's coming off the field in two wide sets. Um, so, you know, we could see Zay Jones still average around a 90% routes run rate in an elite passing attack. So um, especially facing this Colt secondary, which is I, could be one of the worst in the league, especially to begin the season. Uh, this is a sneaky spot for all Jags receivers, but even Zay Jones. So he's my wide receiver 42 to begin the week. And it looks like ECR has him outside of the top 50. So uh, I, I'm, investing a lot in Zay Jones and best ball and stuff. So I, I like him as like a sneaky wide receiver four option in deeper leagues. What do you have uh, projected for Sutton? Like catches um, and yards. I have Sutton um, at around four and a half catches for 60 yards. Ooh, that's uh, uh, yeah. How, where do you have him? I have him. Uh, I think I'm closer to 50 yards and like mm. just under four catches. Uh, I'm still kind of, projecting this Bronco offense a little bit conservatively because we I just don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I wasn't <laughs> thrilled with, yeah. with how Russ looked. Um, and you know, the Raiders, they do have Peters, who they didn't have last year. So it's a little different of a matchup. But, yeah, I have them uh, 3.8 for 51. So um, yeah, about oh, four, for, four for 50, give or take. Yeah, I think just like the the do obviously, you know, if Judy's out, that's that's why I'm projecting this. But even just, you know, like Adam Troutman playing a lot more than I expected um, is bumping up Sutton's, you know, target share, especially on early downs. Like who else is Russ going to throw it to? So um, I think when Dulcich is off the field, that's going to only help Sutton. Um, you know, Javante is going to be eased in. So just I'm just getting a massive target share for Sutton. I'm even including like I think Lil Jordan Humphrey and our boy Michael Bandy. Uh, might <laughs> be on the active roster right now. They only have three healthy receivers. You know, Brandon Johnson's get a ton of playing time. Marvin Mims is more of a low target percentage, just high a dot kind of guy. So I'm just getting a shit ton of targets for Corland Sutton. So that's, that's why I have him so high. Yeah. Uh, yeah they're definitely going to probably call up at least one, uh, one receiver. Yeah. Um, don't know if it'll be bandy. I, I thought I saw him get released, but he might be back on the practice. I don't know. Yeah. He's, Back on, I think it, the idea was like Humphrey and or Bandy gets called up. Yeah, yeah, I know Dorsett and Sills are, are there too, but yeah, somebody's mm-hmm. probably going to get called up. Not that they're going to play much. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm high on uh, Van Jefferson. Uh, he's a wide receiver, 56. I have him in the mid 30s. I'm not, you know, they, they're saying Cooper Cup's not going to play or he's 
unlikely. Uh, and that essentially makes Van Jefferson the number one receiver for the Rams. He was the number one receiver for the Rams from week 12 on last year because Allen Robinson went down, Cup was already out, uh, and he ran a route on 98% of the dropbacks. So now he's got Matthew Stafford. So, you know, it's not just was it Mayfield and Wolford and, you know, essentially these <laughs> nobodies at quarterback. So uh, the numbers should be better. Uh, although he did two of those games when he was the number one receiver did come against Seattle and he averaged 58 receiving yards per game, which uh, is pretty good regardless of, uh, of, of anything. So uh, I think he has a chance to put up some, some pretty decent numbers this week. I, I do expect the Rams are going to have to throw a lot because again, that defense just misses so many pieces week one, you expect them to have some growing pain, some miscommunications, uh, so uh, I'm expecting the Rams to have to play catch up at, at some point uh, in this game. So like Van Jefferson uh, as a guy who's going to be on the field pretty much every snap and uh, not expecting Cooper Cup uh, to play from everything I've heard. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love Van Jefferson heading into the season, even when Cooper Cup was fully healthy. Uh, I have a ton of shares of him. Um, you know, it's it's going to be probably tougher to trust them week one. Um, but certainly you have to add him because Cooper Cup could miss, you know, multiple games. This is not looking good, um, especially just a hamstring injury, how easy that can, you know, re- get re-aggravated. So they're going to be very careful. So, yeah, I, Van Jefferson could be the Rams' top receiver for, you know, the first month. So definitely add him in, like, any league that he's available right now. Uh, who are you low on? Uh, I'm low on Deontay Johnson uh, against the Niners. I know everybody, you know, including me, is excited about the Steelers' offense this year after, you know, Kenny Pickett led them to five touchdown drives and their only five, you know, possessions in the preseason. But, you know, they have a brutal week one matchup uh, against the Niners. Um, you know, I would just lower my expectations for Deontay out of the gate. I have him as my wide receiver 37. ECR has him a lot higher, like wide receiver 27, I think. Out of the two Pittsburgh receivers, I, I'd be higher on George Pickens this week. Yep. You know, the Niners are a more physical team, and a guy like him that, you know, he excels in contested catches. Uh, I think he could be the better play here. But Deontay, I'm going to be a little bit careful with week one based on the matchup. So uh, he's just outside my wide receiver three range. Yeah, I have him in the mid-30s as well. And, yeah, he is wide receiver 27 in ECR. I think that is – he's he's a spot above Brandon Ayuk. I would definitely Ooh, yeah. uh, rather – Especially rather have Ayuk, Kittle. especially yeah, especially yeah. if Kittle's out. But um, there's a number of receivers. Uh, again, you know, you're just kind of looking at the overall potential game script, and this total is what 41, 42. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just not expected to be much offense here. I think you know we know the way Pittsburgh likes to play at home, and Mike Tomlin, and <laughs> you know, it's gonna be a yeah. it's gonna be a rah rah spot. So yeah, just this seems like both teams gonna run the ball uh so not not high on Deontay either for me it's uh it's Jordan Addison and I, I know you that's this is your boy but I think <laughs> wide receiver 35 is a bit high for week one you know we do expect yeah. Addison to to get better as the season progresses but at least in week one you know Minnesota's a six-point favorite so you're not expecting a, a super heavy pass script and he he's gonna open the year as a number three wide receiver behind Osborne uh kind of mentioned I do expect a few more uh two tight end two running back sets so that could take a few snaps away 
from the number three wide receiver. So, you know, top 36 in week one, I think is a little too rich. Um, I, I would have them, you know, closer to, you know, the, the, the low 40s, high 50s range uh, to start. And then we'll kind of see, you know, how much he plays in week one and, and kind of go from there. But I would I would I would not want to start Addison in week one. Uh, in in this projected game script, uh, you know, as a top as a as a wide receiver three, I'd be looking elsewhere. I think there are there are matchups. Uh, there are just better matchups and uh, and guys who have more uh, concrete playing time uh, ahead of week one than Addison. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I'm high on Jordan Addison as a talent, but yeah, I agree. Out of the gate, wouldn't expect much, uh, especially it does look like Osborne is the number two receiver, so he's going to have to leapfrog him um but we have to remember justin jefferson uh, he's dealing with olabisi johnson getting more snaps out of the gate early on and then obviously he overtook him but uh, a lot of these rookie receivers especially this season i think will be off to a slow start so yeah addison's outside my top 40 but by the end of the season i think uh you and i might be ranking him in the top 35 at some point but not week one yeah i think this is just it's the some of these rankings i think they're just mirroring mirroring excuse me the season-long ranks a little bit too closely you know not really factoring in uh potential playing time matchup things like that uh, ahead of week one so uh, i know we don't have a lot of data as far as that goes but uh, we do know some things and we we can kind of project so i I do think you want to be careful with some of these guys but uh who is going to be your wide receiver prop uh, let's go with a guy that I think it's been interesting how little talk there's been of this guy. Uh, it looked like he was going to be a future Hall of Famer, but due to injuries, he hasn't played much the past few seasons. Right now, he's fully healthy. So uh, let me hear what you're projecting for Michael Thomas uh, receiving yards against the Titans this week. Um, I, I found this one really tricky to set. Uh, but right now, I have his over-under around 43 and a half. Ooh, I have him... Closer to 48 median, so I'm going to have to go over. Uh, yeah, I mean, Thomas, a healthy Thomas, you know, it's not, I'm not expecting a ton, like I said, from Derek Carr, mm-hmm. but a healthy Thomas should still be able to catch, you know, like four or five balls uh, in this game and, uh, and get close, you know, get around 50 yards. So, yeah, I'll go over. I think 40, that's pretty conservative, I think. I think mm. 43 and a half, because that, that's what, like three and a half catches, I guess, you have, Matt? Um, I have him around four. Oh, uh, so he's just a lower low ADOC guy. Right, yeah, right. so, uh, but yeah, like he looked great in preseason. It, it would not shock me. I, I kind of wish you took the under. I probably should have set this a little higher. Uh, <laughs> but it would shock me if that's one of the storylines of week one. Like, hey, we forgot about Michael Thomas. He's still pretty good when healthy. So um, it's just amazing just how little. I mean, we're both guilty of it too. We haven't talked about it much. But yeah, week one, uh, I mean, he looks 100% healthy. So uh, he could start off hot. Yeah, and last season, what did he do? He averaged 57 in, in the three games he did play. So, uh, you know, nice. that's uh, – and, yeah, he got over – he got 57, 65, and then 49 in the game he got hurt. So, yeah, he was over that. He was over 43 and a half in all Damn. three of the games. So, um, you know, again, Uh-oh. could be offensive with different, different quarterback. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I feel pretty good about him getting over the 43 and a half. Uh, all right, let's finish it out with tight end. Who you got top five? <laughs> uh, well, right now I have Travis Kelsey number one, but obviously that looks like, uh, you know, he, he's going to miss this week. Uh, then I have Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, 
Tyler Higby and yeah, Tyler Higby number four and Darren Waller. Love it. I got yeah, Kelsey's my number one as well. <laughs> but uh, I'll give you the top five without him: uh, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, T.J. Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, uh, and uh, and Tyler Higby. So Higby's my essentially five if Kelsey doesn't play, and he's yeah. in four. So here we are. Well, really, well, he'd, be have, three. he'd be your three. He'd be your three. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah and I have Kittle, I have Kittle tight end six. He might not play. Yep. So Evan Ingram could yep. be uh, in my top five by the end of the week. So could be a fun week at tight end. I mean, we have a couple studs that look like you know they're not going to play week one. So it could be a crazy uh, opening week at tight end. It's going to be important. You know, the streamers uh, yep. at tight end this week. There's a lot of options out there. It's going to be an important week uh, to make be making those decisions. Or maybe. I mean, I guess was Higby, Higby was not always going in the top 12, so maybe he somebody sh- yeah, got like some, cheap, not be some cheap Higby. Or, he shouldn't be, but I'm yeah. sure he is in, in at least a few leagues. Uh, so be sure to, to scoop him. But uh, who are you high on besides Higby? Um, yeah, besides Higby, yeah, I'm obviously high on him. But I'll go with Irv Smith. He could be a sneaky you know, streaming option this week. He's my tight end 13, believe it or not. To open the week, ECR has him tight end 22, but you know he's expected to replace the Hayden Hurst role from last year. And you know Irv Smith uh, is fully healthy; he's still a talented former second round pick uh, in his prime at 25. So he could start off hot. Um, you know he'll probably be Joe Burrow's number three, number four option this week, but that's still good to have uh, in your tight end slot, especially if if you're one of the managers um, you know that have Kelsey or Kittle, and you don't have access to Tyler Higby, you know, Irv Smith is one of the names uh, I'd consider just because you, you want some, you know, share of this Bengals offense and he's a cheap way to get in there. So uh, I'm pretty high on Irv Smith this week as being like a high-end tight end too. Yeah, no, I mean, all these all these injuries, uh, why not take the guy attached to, uh, to Joe Burrow yep. here in week one? Uh, I don't mind that at all. Uh, for me, uh, Higby was a guy I had, but that was when he was the sixth tight end. So now he's in the top five. I mean, I'll talk about him really quickly. You know, he got targeted on 26% of his routes uh, when A-Rob and Cup were out of the lineup from week 13 on. And even with Cup in the lineup, he was still targeted on 23% of his routes. That is massively high for a tight end. So uh, that's why we kind of both, I think, have him ranked so high. But I'll throw out another name. Uh, and that's Jake Ferguson. He is mm. the tight end 20 in ECR. And uh, I'm going to have him, especially with all these injuries, uh, borderline tight end one this week. You know, I, we've talked about this on prior pods, but I think at least to begin the season, we expect Ferguson to be more of a one-for-one replacement for the Dalton Schultz role uh, than just a guy trapped in a three-way committee. So, you know, maybe over time, as Schoonmaker becomes – more acclimated with things. Maybe he starts to cut into to Ferguson's playing time, but Ferguson looked really good in the preseason. He's got the same kind of draft pedigree as Schultz. You know, so it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, Ferguson actually might be the more talented guy, um, you know, when it's all said and done. And, uh, and this Dallas team, you know, it, they're going against this, this giant uh, defense that has struggled uh, with tight ends. So uh, yeah, I, I, I really like Ferguson. I think he, you know, he could, catch people by surprise, but, you know, Dallas is still one of the better passing offenses in the league. So if you're looking for, you know, a way to get a, a cheap touchdown or maybe just a few catches, I, I think Ferguson's going to be a better bet than, uh, than most uh, tight ends this week. So uh, I, I'm going to have Ferguson definitely inside uh, my top 15, but he, nice. I mean, <laughs> with Kelsey and Kittle out of the way, 
he might he might even be top twelve. So uh, Ferguson for me. Yeah, I like that. He he has long term upside too if he does inherit the full uh, Schultz role. But uh, just piling on Tyler Higby uh, again, you know, like the, the matchup could be easier now. Jamal Adams mm-hmm. is already ruled out. You know, their first round pick cornerback Devin Witherspoon might miss the game so that the secondary could be uh, in rough shape. And yeah, like Higby could end up catching like no joke, like seven or eight balls this week. Um, absolutely add Tyler Higby if he's somehow still available. All right. Who are you low on? I'm, I'm low on Kyle Pitts this week uh, just because, you know, the Falcons were a bit cautious with him uh, during camp and preseason. You know, he's coming back from uh, MCL surgery from last year. Um, so there's a chance they, they ease him back into action in week one. Um, plus, they, they brought in Johnu Smith, who could eat in his usage uh, this week. You know, he, last time Johnu Smith was fancy relevant was under Arthur Smith in Tennessee. So um, he can make some noise this week. Plus, I think Bijan Robinson's probably going to eat into Pitts' target share as well uh, this season. The jury's still out on Desmond Ritter. We haven't seen Pitts play a single snap with Ritter uh, in the regular season yet. If you remember, you know, he was out the, the, the four games Ritter started last year. So um, the Falcons are three-point home favorites. They're probably, they're probably going to be very conservative here. So you probably have no choice but to play Kyle Pitts if you have him, especially with all the other stud tight ends hurt. But uh, I would just temper expectations for week one. And don't panic. You know, if he gets off to a slow start, wouldn't panic. I know we love to panic around Kyle Pitts, but I would not be shocked if he's limited uh, you know, out of the gate, just because they, they are trying to make sure his knee is fully healthy. Yeah, it, it, I, I agree. I think you know, London and, and Ritter showed great chemistry, so that's probably going to be his number one target. Uh, but like you said, it's it's really hard to to bench pits because not many guys <laughs> have that kind of upside here. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, a guy I'm low on is Dalton Schultz. He is the consensus tight end fourteen. I have him tight end eighteen. Uh, for one, you know, this is a uh, a Baltimore defense that, you know, I, I don't expect them to be too, too too given to tight ends this year. I think you want to attack Baltimore more on the outside. You know, their cornerback situation heading into the season is is a bit rough. Uh, they were, meanwhile, they were a top 10 defense in points allowed to tight ends last year. So I think this will be a better game for Robert Woods's and your, uh, who who's starting it? Noah Brown, Nico Collins, those guys, like mm-hmm. those guys, at least one of them will probably have a, a better game than Schultz. And, you know, we kind of saw it in the preseason. We don't know if he's going to get that exact same usage that he did in Dallas when he played 81% of the snaps uh, and ran a route on 78% of the dropbacks. Uh, you know, he was kind of, it was kind of more, you know, two out of every three, but, you know, they were mixing in other tight ends like Catoriano and, you know, Jordan's back now as well. So we don't know exactly how this offense is going to look. Uh, and Houston not really projected to score a lot of points at Baltimore in week one. You have a first, uh, a rookie quarterback making his first start on the road. So, uh, you know, I, it's just, it's just not a great, great situation. I think for Dalton Schultz, not really a lot of touchdown equity there, which for a tight end, uh, you know, I'm always kind of looking for. So uh, I'm off Dalton uh, Dalton Schultz this week. Same. I, I'm tight end 18 as well. Uh, it does look like the ECR is finally uh, catching up to us. I think he's still like top 12 in season-long ECR, but I think people will be, uh, you know, regretting that move by drafting him in the top 12. I, I've been low on him all offseason. Uh, let's wrap it up with a tight end prop. I am going to go with a guy who, you know, suddenly comes back, you know, 
into the into the streamer discussion or you know i'm guessing well a lot of people probably drafted him so but he's kind of like a fringe guy that now becomes very relevant with these injuries and that's chigo conquo uh looks like he's going to take over that start and tight end role uh for the titans and he's going against a saint's defense that allowed the fewest points per game in the league to tight end so not <laughs> ideal but uh, we know we want snaps and routes and Okonkwo should have those so i'm going to set his receiving yardage line at 33 and a half. Oh man, that is so close to what I have. Um, I have him right around like 32 and a half. So I'm going to have to go with the under. And I, I think that the, the deciding factor is obviously we already know DeAndre Hopkins is going to eat into his target share. Uh, but it was looking like Traylon Burks wasn't going to play week one, but it looks like he's like closer to hundred percent than we thought. So uh, I think Traylon Burks, should see like a 70% plus routes run right here. So that's sort of the tiebreaker. If if I was a little bit um, shakier on Burks' availability, I'd go over. But uh, since it looks like Burks is going to play, uh, I'm going to have to lean under here. Yeah, I, you know, they, this could be a game where they they lean on on Hopkins and those guys. You know, te- the, the Saints, they have uh, – why am I blanking on his name? Demario <laughs> Davis. And yeah, Demario Davis. Demario Davis can cover. Uh, they, have, they have good Both safeties. Pretty good. You know, yeah. Matthew can cover. Yeah, Matthew. Uh, they, they got a lot of they got a lot of guys that can cover tight ends. So <laughs> probably not the best week to start Chig. Um, you know, might might end up even having a guy like Ferguson rank rank over him by the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have him too far apart. So yeah, something to keep in mind there. But that is going to do it for our NFL Week One Player Projections episode of the Action Network podcast, presented by BetMGM. For more great fantasy content from Sean and I. Be sure to check out our full fantasy preview episode out now over on the Fantasy Flex channel. And if you're into betting, be sure to check out my weekly betting preview episode every Thursday with Stucky right here on the Action Network podcast. Also, we have a great uh, contest going on on the Favorites podcast, so be sure to check that out as well for details. ActionNetwork.com for all of our NFL betting and fantasy content, as well as our player projections uh, and fantasylabs.com for our DFS tools and models. Sean is on X at the underscore odds maker. I'm at Chris Raybon. Now we're at those same handles on a free award-winning Action Network app. Let's get this 2023 shmoney. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.